but I never wanted to change my name, right? Because I thought, okay, if I, they know that I'm Muslim, fine, whatever. But I didn't want to change my name. You're listening to the Corporate Mudges podcast that chronicles the stories of the go-getters within our Muslim community. My name is Ali Memon, and today is the story of Mubina Ahmed. She is a young community leader and is actively involved in multicultural and interfaith communities across Australia. This episode is supported by Dream Fitness. Dream Fitness is a Sydney-based business founded by Coach Reem Khan to empower Muslim women through physical health and fitness. Dream Fitness has recently launched Dream Active Wear, a modest workout clothing line designed to help Muslim women adopt healthy lifestyles by giving them the freedom to exercise whether indoors or outdoors. Dream Active Wear is modest yet stylish, breathable yet dry wicking, and lightweight and yet not see-through, ticking all the boxes for Muslim-friendly active wear. If you would like to get a 15% discount, use CM15 as the promo code when making a purchase on www.dreamfitness.com.au. That's D-R-E-E-M-F-I-T-N-E-S-S. Mobina was part of the executive committee for Dress for Success Sydney, a charity that helps underprivileged women dress for interviews and work. Mubina has also developed her very own socio-cultural friendship theory which went viral through a US podcast. Judge John Hodgman, Amicus Grieve in 2014. Currently, she is the executive officer of the Australia Arab Chamber of Commerce and Industry New South Wales. This episode was recorded on Instagram Live with viewer participation. I apologize for the slightly different format and hope you enjoy it nevertheless. All right, perfect. So, JazakAllah here for um, doing this. This is obviously the first live that I've done. Um, it is a bit nerve-wracking, but inshallah it'll go well. And I hope, you know, with people joining in, um, you know, we'll have a little bit of engagement going in. And I know a lot of people know you, um, which is kind of funny because I had no idea who you were until I knew who you were. Yeah, um, I'm a little bit infamous. <laughs> it's and what's funny is so i'll give you i'll give everybody i I guess it'll be good to for everybody to kind of know how i bumped into mubina and how i kind of figured out who she was is through a uh, common friend Eamon, who has a podcast called ad love um so when he started his podcast um we uh juliet yes we will introduce ourselves thank you for reminding me i'll give you one second let me introduce mubina and then i'll introduce myself obviously um but hey jahida Eamon, hey jahida assalamu alaikum welcome um jahida by the way is another upcoming guest on the uh, the podcast so guys watch out for her episode inshallah very soon um uh, but yeah so we met we i knew Eamon. he started his podcast called ad love you were i think the first um guest on his podcast i and was i, your, I was special were, enough heard, to be the first <laughs> and i heard your and i heard your episode on his podcast and then um when we so then him and i were meeting up when i was just before i was starting my podcast show and um, we were sitting i can't remember it was in punchbowl we were sitting in a cafe and you walked by and then Eamon waved at you um and then you came in and i was like oh hey salam alaikum and he's like oh yes this is mubina and then we bumped into each other on instagram and i'm like hey you're that mubina that i think kalisha sister kalisha one of the guests on the show gave me your number as well and you're on my list of people to interview so subhanallah amazing it just worked out very nicely yeah um, absolutely. so <laughs> i'll introduce myself first 
And hey Reem, oh my god, so such an attention seeker, like my god. <laughs> Reem is also one of the one of the guests that's been on the show. Definitely give out give her episode a check out. She's uh, she's had uh, like the episode has done really well, so definitely give that one a sh- uh, check out. Um, so to introduce myself, my name is Ali, um, and I'm sure the people who do listen to my podcast have heard me on the podcast. Probably not seen me much. I try to stay behind cameras and stuff. I'm a very um, I don't know if I'm a shy guy, but I just, I don't know. I'm just not very camera friendly, I think. Um, but <laughs> hey, we're trying out new things. It's 2021, right? So all for trying out new things. Um, and I work at Adobe. Um, so I work in, in, in the tech space. I work in marketing, if that's, if, 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 if there are any people who are into that fun stuff. I know Sarah Abdeen's just joined. Um, she's another one of our um, guests on the show as well. And so she's also a you know, person in the marketing world. And that's how we kind of met. Um, and yeah, and so I decided to start this podcast one day. I was like, hey, we don't have enough conversations around career in Islam. And like, how do you, um, how do you sort of, you know, stay true to your Islamic beliefs? How do you um, follow through those Islamic beliefs, but at the same time have, you know, be in the corporate space, especially in the West for us, especially in places like Australia, the US, America, and all that fun stuff. And so I thought it would be a cool idea to bring on people who are doing basically both things at the same time, right? Um, and, and that's kind of how this started and we'll see where it takes us inshallah and if you enjoy it you know your support is very much appreciated and if you don't well hey it's alright you know it's not for everyone I guess you're so nice oh my god <laughs> I try to be nice I would say that in a very different way but good on you <laughs> do you <laughs> hey I'm a professional person so I try to stay professional <laughs> like that that's good um, <laughs> do you hey do you want to introduce yourself Mubina uh, let me see Um, I've introduced myself so many times over the years and I change it up each time, but I would say, I would say I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, and I'm a very interesting person, like I genuinely am, um, but I wear a few different hats, so I'm an executive, um, I'm a managing editor for a news platform, I'm a community connector, social educator, and a mentor. And um, I've done a few TV shows, which have been really cool. And that's pretty much it. Just a little bit of this and a bit of that. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Not too much. I mean, like, uh, your CV is amazing. Like, when I look at it and I'm like, holy cow. For (laughs) someone your age to have accomplished all that, that is amazing, right? And good on you for for being able to do that. And and you you, um, you have that... Theory, the the friendship theory, right? I do. Um, I created my very own socio-cultural <laughs> friendship theory. Um, where where I so I was when I was in uni, I was studying psychology and digital media, and so I looked at pairing at the two, pairing the two, and um, uh, it was kind of like understanding uh, the psychology of friendship, and 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 you know, as I'm going through this whole like everyone goes through all these sort of. Um, experiences of friendship where you know people will be mean to you or people will love you and so um it was very dramatic and it was all unfolding not just my experiences but other people's and so i was very observant so i created my very own theory uh which basically there are six levels not everyone you is meet it, is don't your spoil it yet oh, don't spoil, don't spoil it, it yet let's 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 talk about that let's talk about that in a bit i want you all to right. hold on to that because right. now that you've given a teaser it'll give it'll give people to stick around a little bit longer all right, um, all right. but what what I like to do is take a little step back and sort of understand your journey into to where you're at, right? Into your sort of line of work, into 
what makes you tick, if, if that makes sense. And you've grown up in Sydney. You've yeah, been in, born in and raised. And, and can, yeah. You're born and raised, so you're a Sydney cider, you're a Sydney girl. How was it growing up in Sydney? Um, I guess it started when I went to a, a private Christian girls' school. And that really formulated a lot of my personality. I got to really um, have the privilege to experience a whole bunch of things um, and really figure out who I was very quickly, very early on. And, um, and yeah, so my schooling really developed um, a lot of my strengths um, and things like that. So that, that was um, probably like a jumping... What is, it? what is that thing in gymnastics where you jump on the thing? You like jump a trampoline? No, it's something else. We'll, we'll go with trampoline. Oh, 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 that long, like, that long, like, kind of stick thing. Well, not stick, but, like, a board. Not the, then... not the, anyway. I, I don't know if why I brought knows, up that example. I can't if, even think. If trampoline is fine. It launched me into it. developing <laughs> my character and my personality and who I am. Um, oh, so a springboard. That's what it is. A springboard. That's it, springboard. Okay, That's thank it. you. Yes. Thanks for that. Beam. Beam. Not a trapeze ream, gosh. <laughs> vault. <laughs> yeah. Vault. Sure. No. No, I, no, I no, the vault is no, something else. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. a springboard. <laughs> okay. This is good. This is good. Um, yeah, so basically that uh, when I went to uni, I did a double degree in science and arts. I got into science and arts, which I was shocked by because I got a really low score in my international baccalaureate. I got the lowest of the lowest score you could actually get. Um and and so but because i did the international baccalaureate as opposed to the hsc my uai got scaled mm. up so i got a uai right. of 85 so i got into a double degree of science and arts so i i was like shocked that you know because i never really regarded myself as an intelligent person um and mm. you know the mark obviously showed that and then yeah but then i was like oh thank god i got into a degree because at that t at, you know at that age you just want to be able to get into a good degree right um and so then that so in my in my science degree my uh, my arts ma my science major was my psychology or psychology right. and my arts major was digital media um, and my dad was into nutrition because I was also doing molecular biology and genetics and physiology and stuff like that right at the time and so my dad was into nutrition and he said oh why do you become a nutritionist like me and I was like yeah that sounds good I like it and so but I didn't get the marks um, I failed molecular biology and genetics and so I, I didn't think that I would be able to go into that whole avenue so then I thought okay let me try and see if I can get into psychology and again, my marks weren't good enough to go into right. honours to be able to pursue psychology. So even though it was my psych major um, and I use psychology every day, I didn't get to become a psychologist because, I don't know, I'm just not smart enough, I guess. I didn't, I didn't work hard <laughs> enough. Okay. But, and then um, here you are creating your own theories. So I know, I crazy. <laughs> but it just goes to show, like, when you fail uh, classes or you, you fail um, a path that you wanted to go on, it doesn't mean you're dumb. It just means you haven't found your vibe, your, your, your thing, your yeah. strength that you're good at. You're not, you're not, not intelligent, you know. But in, in, my, in my younger days, there were so many instances where I, wasn't, where I considered myself not to be intelligent because I wasn't at the time <laughs> or in the field I was in, so to speak. So, um, yes, yeah, so I didn't get to become a psychologist. So I was like, well, this sucks. Um, so then I thought, okay, digital media, let's, let's go with that. I just I randomly picked it in my arts degree, it's my major. And um, then I did a master's in digital communication and culture. 
But what kind of job do you get from a ma- like at yeah. that time? What kind of job are you going to get with a digital communication master's degree? You know, social media was just starting, and there was no and, and there was no sense of having like social uh, media influencers or social media managers. That wasn't a thing at the time. And so I was talking, to, and, I, and I would talk to people older than me who were in digital, the digital space, SEO sort of stuff. Um, and I was kind of talking to them about how can I turn this into a job, a career? And um, and they weren't helpful enough, I feel. And um, and yeah, one thing I definitely learned is that people don't help you that much. Um, I got a bit shocked by that. So then uh, I was like, what the heck am I going to do with my, I have no career. Um, and then I, (laughs) and then I, um, I, I got a job in a, uh, with uh, Australian telecommunications company, the Australian, um, communications authority network or something like that. Um, and so I had that job working at, sorry, (laughs) you can't even remember where you worked at. I can't, it was like my first job. Um, ACAN, it was called ACAN, Australian communication. Yeah. I don't know. Google it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. Anyway, I was there for um, I was there for quite a bit. I I interned first, um, and I remember when I was interning. It was my first ever job. Uh, it was I was interning for free, and um, and I was cleaning the the stationary cupboard. And one of the guys there, who eventually when I got my job, I became friends with him. But one of the guys saw me cleaning the cupboard. He's like, "What are you doing? You shouldn't be doing that." You know, and yeah. I thought, and I thought, oh no, I'm happy to do it because there was no work for me, and that's when I started learning that uh, the idea of being mishandled when you're an intern, right, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. You know, and that's something I remember when, when I um, did someone do it. No, it wasn't Akma. It was Akan. A double C A N. Someone Google that for us and uh, yeah. put it in the comments. Australian Communication Consumer Action Network. Okay, there you go. Um, yes, you remember it. I figured it. So, yeah, that was the, I, I got an internship and I did it for three months. And I basically did pretty much nothing. And then I got a job out of it, which was good. Um, I was a project officer. And my boss at the time, it was my first ever time boss. And, you know, working around white people and being a Muslim. And this was when, like... Like um, extremism was in the media a lot, and there was a lot of questions, and and it was tough, like having to explain to people, um, and and bear the brunt of racism and sexism, but it wasn't, it was nothing compared to the uh, the future job that I had. So, right. um, it was a, it was a, it was a consumer action sort of um company. So I helped people. I did a digital business kit. I worked on how to educate businesses to use social media, blah, blah, blah. So all in all, it was good. But I remember my boss was very, was very, um, he was, he was, I, I can't believe I've actually said the name. Because um, <laughs> I want to talk about my boss. <laughs> but he was, he was a bit racist, I feel. Like, I remember when I, you know, um, uh, what do you call it? So I have uh, sensitivities around my cultural background, right? right. So um, I remember I brought butter chicken in. Like I, I bought it from the shop and I brought it in. <laughs> and he goes, oh, what do you have for lunch today? And I go, oh, butter chicken, you know. And I would eat all types of food. So I am Japanese. Yeah. But today it was just butter chicken. And he goes, oh, that's typical of you. And that really, I was like, what the hell? That really upset me. Because I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Um and there was just little things like that where he wouldn't under- he wouldn't give me a, a flexible hours for Ramadan and I was like mm, this sucks I don't like this you know um, 
and so yeah, so I, I didn't uh and, and there was no place to pray obviously, but um Yeah. And it was just awkward. It was it was a bit of an awkward situation and stuff like that. So th- that was my first job and I think I was in there for about a year and then my boss wanted to renew my contract but I said no. I rather I, I just didn't want to stay there anymore. Um and I remember they 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 were going to do an exit interview and in that exit interview I was going to say all of my grievances but then the C, the second in command came up to me and was like oh we were going to do an exit interview but we thought nah it's no important and I was like well that's my opportunity to tell you guys how how annoyed I am yeah but you know what I did some good work I remember sitting two white people down in senior management and showing them Amir Rahman's um video on reverse racism oh it was so good on how people can never be racist towards white people and they're both just sitting there watching it (laughs) so yeah it was good it was good i i I made some change there while i was there i think but um that was my first job and it was pretty good for a first job like no major abuse or psychological damage um i was pretty i was pretty happy with that just just feeling different Um, and stuff like that. And we did like boxing classes or yoga classes, you know, during the day or during the week. It was really good. I really liked it. It was a really nice, it was yeah. all in all, it was a nice place to work, I would say. As long as you enjoyed it, I guess. Um, I, I, I did. I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. But I think, you know what? I'm just used to a very high standard. Like, I know there are people that have jobs where they don't get any uh, flexibility in Ramadan yeah. hours or places to pray or whatever. But for me, I just like expected it. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, nah. I was like, no, I want to do this. Birthright. Yeah, it was like a lot of privilege. Like, you know. You should have added it. You should have had it added to your contract when you signed first. Yeah, (laughs) because I I actually got annoyed at him. And he could tell that I was annoyed, you know. He could tell that I was very annoyed at him. And and I wasn't speaking to him because, you know, I was like, because I I wanted to spend time with my family. I wanted to break fast with my family. It was was important to me because I was living on my own and I wanted to travel two hours to see my family and break fast with them. So I would come in at 7 a.m. and I wanted to leave at 3 p.m. But yeah, anyway, I got what I wanted (laughs) as usual. But Um, um, yeah, that was my first job. And then I left that. And again, no career. Like, like it's not like oh, you study law and then you become a lawyer. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then, what happened? Then I um, was jobless, and then because I was doing a lot of um, side hustles and stuff. So I was a photographer. Um, I was so I was doing social media management on the side. I was doing all sorts of bits and pieces. Well, I was doing a lot of volunteer work and stuff like that. So, so like I was I was always very active and productive I'm just sitting at home mm. but I needed money I was so poor and um and I and I wanted to start my career and I feel like my career wasn't starting and I think I was like 25 or something at the time and by that time people have you know in the like I was friends all my friends were like you know architects and lawyers and um you know they were in this in their jobs were like you know in the media like for for a year or two years so they were very established and here I was not, and um, and I remember like I got it. I, I was trying to apply for so many jobs, and I didn't get anything. I would put my photo on resume, then I'll take it down. But I never wanted to change my name, right? Because I thought, okay, if I, they know that I'm Muslim, fine, whatever. But I didn't if, want to change had, my if name. If you had, if you had, if you had an English name, what would it be? Michelle. Michelle's my white name. Michelle. All right, <laughs> done. Um, but no, I didn't want to change it. So um, I kept it going and I never got an interview. Um, or if I did, it didn't work out. Like it, they would see me and I don't know, it just didn't work out. Um, 
And maybe I wasn't good at interviews. Who knows? Maybe it was me. I don't know. It's hard to tell, you know. You don't know if people are... If they're discriminating against you for something... Uh, or if it's actually something you're doing wrong, you know what I mean? And it just creates this paranoia, you know, when you're not getting jobs um, yeah. and stuff like that. Anyway, so then this guy who knew my dad um, was looking for a media manager for his finance company. I'm not going to say the name, but um, I got hired... <laughs> And it was so ridiculously, when I look back now, it was so shady what he was doing. Like, ridic- like his, the company has now folded, but they were a halal um, finance company. And it was so shady right. what they were doing. Um, and I always had a very high standard. I always complained. That was my thing. And I think he eventually got r- sick of me because I was complaining like i was like this is not right this is not right like what they're doing is wrong this is you know what i mean i wasn't the type of person who would just like let things go or let things fly you know i would always Mm. raise issues up um and i'm I'm glad i did that um i'm glad that i have that um that toughness because you you, it was all preparing me for my job that i have now yeah and so then um but i lasted three months and then he told me... Not even probation. Sorry? Like, you didn't even pass probation. No, I didn't. So, so, but this is the funniest part. Listen to this. So he goes... I was working three days a week. Then he dropped me down to two days a week. All right? Then he dropped me down to one day a week. One day a week. Wow. How much media management can you do on one day? Like, it was impossible yeah. to do. Um, and I told him this, you know. And... Um, and I had all these plans and projects, but I needed his go-ahead, but he wouldn't give it. So, in a way, I was also wasting my time as well. Um, and, and uh, what do you call it? Then, then he goes to me, oh, this is the best part. They moved offices without telling me, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Oh they actually God. moved my stuff on my desk in an office then, in a city. Oh, what the hell? Easy. And I and I was and I was gonna go to work that day, and then I looked on the website and I saw that the, they changed the address of the company, wow, so they didn't even tell me. And I was like, "What the like, hell is this?" That's that's next level. It was weird. Like it was so mismanaged. So I went to the city. I worked there. It was basically four of us in a tiny room at Fifty Two Martin Place. <laughs> it was so dumb. <laughs> You know, oh they wanted God. this big city, like, address, but then they crammed four brown people this into one room. <laughs> oh, that's, my God. That's just hilarious. Oh, my God. It oh. was crazy. It was crazy. And so then, um, <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe he did that. Oh, my God. Um, so did they tell everybody else? And they're like, actually, let's just not tell Mubina. Yeah. We'll tell they told all the other three guys. Them. Let's just not tell Mubina. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 they did, and, then, and they didn't tell you either. Like, oh, hey, by the way. We're moving offices. Just nah. FYI, when you do rock up tomorrow, don't come nah. to the old address. Come to the new address. No, nah. they did. I don't know. I don't think. I don't know if they did it intentionally because I was only there one day a week. But I don't know what was going on. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, I'm there, and there's a free coffee machine, so I'm like chilling, and um, and stuff like that. But then he mess. Then he emails me, and he goes, um, "Can you come in half a day a week?" So this guy. Didn't have the guts wow. to let me go, and instead he's he trying just, to get you off. He was trying to, yeah. Eventually, he was gonna be like, "Can you come for half an hour a week?" You know, because he's too scared to say, "Like, we have to let you go because there's no reason, right, for me to yeah. be let go." Just... Um, 
and I was being paid, and this is what I didn't know at the time, but I was I was just being paid like like money thrown in my bank account. There was no pay slip. There was no nothing right, legit. Yeah. And I didn't know. I didn't know what the because I, I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know what the normal thing is. Um, yeah. So that that job ended. I was like, no, I can't work half a day a week. And so that job ended. And then I got another job. Um, with uh, an organization. Okay, this company's not on LinkedIn. So, um, it was a, a a media company that was owned by the Attorney General's office. Um, and a, a London, a London media company that had come to Sydney, very mismanaged. I was there as a community, engage, like community engagement officer, and I was brought on by uh, someone I knew. So in the meantime, I'm constantly applying for jobs, Ali, and I'm not mm. getting anything. So I'm like, okay, maybe the only way to get a job is by knowing someone who recommends you, whatever, yeah. right? Networking. Um, so then, uh, yeah, so he brought me on, but there was no work for me. I was literally becoming there. No work, and and she would give. And so when I told my boss this, she would give me fake work to do that led nowhere. She's like, she goes research and do a presentation on five Muslim athletes. I'm like, okay, I did it, and she'd be like, cool. Now what? What? That information is not going to be used for anything. Like, hey, in all all honesty, if I had a job like that, I'd love it. Like, no, I'd no, no, I, but I can't be nothing. paid to do nothing. I know it sounds great, but but when you're yeah. coming there, making the effort, you coming no to purpose. work, you yeah. want to work. Like, you actually yeah. want to work. Yeah. Um, and I haven't worked before, like, in a job. So, like, I wanted to work. I wanted to prove myself. I've got this temperament where I'm passionate about what I'm doing. And so, yeah. when I couldn't do that, like, I was getting paid, paid pretty well, but I wasn't doing anything. And I was like, ugh, this sucks. And guess what? I was... I was I got involved in the office politics, so the receptionist Classic, felt very disrespected by the manager, and I was I was friends with the receptionist, um, and I and again I was so, I was a complainer. Like if something wasn't right, I raised it. I said something, and you know what I mean, um, and and yeah. So eventually they came up to me after three months and were like, "Oh, we have to let you go." And I said, "Oh, how come? Um, I thought we were going to do a campaign in two months." Mm-hmm. And they're like. Oh, we hired you at the wrong time. And I said, well, are you going to hire me back in two months when the campaign starts? And they were like, oh, we don't know. And I was like, did I do something wrong? They're like, no. And I said, okay, well, so you don't want to... Like, they they couldn't give me a proper reason why they were getting rid of me. Um, And they had campaigns. They had, like things due for the attorney general's department yeah. so i wasn't making sense for them to get rid of me and anyway, it turns out they tried to offer the job to a mate of mine who was in a similar industry and he turned <laughs> it down but he told me i was talking to him and i was like no they're so they're so annoying like they're trying to like the muslim community is so incestuous like if you're trying to hire another muslim to be community engagement yeah. i will know like do you know what i mean anyway so then um why why do we do that why do we do that what's your theory behind that what why do Muslims tend to do that when they know the Muslim community kind of knows itself? No, this was out. this was a the the media company that was doing this. Yeah. So they oh, right, okay, they okay. were playing two different people yes, who yes, knew each it. other. Yeah. Okay. So um. Yeah. So then I left, and when I left, my confidence took a nosedive. <laughs> I thought, okay, I'm not intelligent. Um, I thought. I'm not hireable. Like I'm, something's wrong with me. Where companies don't want to keep me around because three months back to back, two jobs, like two jobs, I didn't even last three months in, and it can't be a coincidence. Like the only common denominator was me. 
right? Mm. And so something was wrong with me. Even though when I look back, I know that they were mismanaged. Do you know what I mean? So like, um, yeah, that was a really hard time. And I went through seven months of um, like having a really hard time. I was I was running out of money. I um, I really had very low confidence, and I was applying for jobs, but I wasn't getting anywhere. Uh, and things like that, and um, it was a really hard time for me. And then I, um, again, so I mess. I was messaging this guy I knew, and he said, "Oh, I'm." I said, "Look, if there's any jobs available, let me know." And he said, "I'm leaving my job. Um, why don't you come interview?" And I said, "Okay, what is it in?" And he goes, "It's in business, trade, and investment." And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know anything about that. Like, that's got nothing to do with me. You know, I don't have a." business degree or a commerce degree or I don't know anything about business or trade and investment or like global stuff so he was like no no come 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 so I put in my resume cover letter I went for the interview um I had the interview and the my boss uh is was a Muslim and so mm. and so I got hired I was shocked even my dad actually told me um <laughs> Before I was going for the interview, because he knew I was very, I was very sad. Like I was very down on myself, and and my dad, bless him, he was like, "Oh, don't put your hopes up high. Like this, this is a very like um, this is a this is a job like you know that you you might not get because you know it's you're a woman. It's a very male dominated industry. Yeah. You're wearing a hijab. You're Muslim. Like you know, just don't get your hopes up. You're not gonna. You might not get it." You know, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And I, and I went to the interview and I was really confident. I just sort of, you know, said how passionate I am about working or something like that. Like I said something that rem I remember, like I'm willing to go down and do the, the little work, like the manual mm -hmm. labor work, as well as do the management level and strategic thinking work. And I think maybe that resonated with them. And um, yeah, I just got on with my, with the guy, with the boss I was interviewing and it worked and I, like I got this, I got the job, and I remember I telling my parents like I got the job, and my dad was like, "Wait, what?" Like he was like, "What the hell?" Like, <laughs> Wait, what happened? What here? the heck? Yeah. Yeah. Because, how did you manage that? Because like everyone in my company, like it's it's run by um, uh, a Lebanese Christian guy, and so right. you know there's, there's majority male, you know, in this in mm. my like in my job and in my industry in this whole field. And so, yeah, I was, I, no one was more shocked than I am that a, a young female Muslim hijabi got the job. So it was a whole thing. Um, and I was really eager to prove myself and I worked really hard and I, w I was really nervous because I didn't know anything about about in trade and investment and, and yeah. business stuff and, and export, import stuff and I don't know, shipping and all that oh, sort of stuff at the time. And I had to talk to all these members and clients about the, this stuff. There was, and they weren't just random people. There were CEOs um, mm. of these big companies. And so I, I remember feeling really, really like um, out of out of my depth. And whenever I go to an event, uh, it was very white and very male dominated. And, you know, um, I felt so like out of place um i just went for the food like i always contacted them and was like can you just make sure like there's halal food dietary requirements and they're like yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. like i always made sure that whatever event i went to that they would yeah. have halal food always That's... always so that at least at least if i don't have a good time like i can eat and man i discovered canapes like true appreciation for fancy canapes oh in my job oh it was so good it was so 
<laughs> I have had some of the best food in my life uh, with this job. Um, oh my god! Yeah, so that's that's pretty much my journey. Um, oh, I'm on ten percent, Ali. I might need Sorry, to, I lost your um, audio there for. I lost your take audio out my for headphones. Yeah, um, but um, no, that's I'm on ten percent so... battery. I need to plug in my my charger. Okay, let's we'll do it. We'll figure something out with the audio afterwards. Just for everybody's knowledge, we're recording this audio um, on our actual mics as well, um, and so we are trying to do two records at the same same time. But um, while Mobina is getting that set up. Uh, Mubina, it's 9.20 and I know we kind of booked in an hour and I feel like that now might be a bit short. Um, so we might try to keep it within that 9.45 and if we go 10-15 minutes, is that okay with you? If we go 10-15 minutes over? Yeah, that's good with me. I can talk forever. That's cool, cool. All night. And yeah, for people who want to stick around and listen in, you know, feel free to stick around, hang around a little bit longer. Um, we're happy for you to ask your questions. So either send them in the comments or if you're ready yeah. to... Ask me a question. Join in the video. Ask her a question. Anything that resonated with you. I think what resonated with me the most from your story, you know, all these um, adventures you've had is you just got to keep at it. Like, you can't stop. Like, you shouldn't let something pull you down just because, you know, it didn't work out that one time. Like, you got to get back up, go at it again, and just keep doing it. And inshallah, that day will come when the doors will open up and, you know, you'll be in a much better position um and to give you so we've got a first question what got you through your tough times of finding a job um i had a very supportive family um where like i was living on my own as well so you know i wanted to be independent i was financially independent you know when i was when i was quite young so i was making money um through random things i, I started a photography video business um, which brought in quite a bit of um, income, photos and videos mm. and weddings and stuff like that. So m having a lack of money uh, was very dangerous. And, and I realized yeah. that, I, that I ne you need to make money. This idea that, oh, um, you should live uh, humbly or modestly and stuff like that. Yeah, you should, but you should also have money. And, and I think that it's, that's something that um, when I look back, we, we don't teach women the importance of being financially literate mm. and financially independent. And it's very important to do that, um, to not depend on anyone. You can depend on people, but you should also have savings and stuff like that. So what got me through the tough times and finding a job, having money, having an income. Because <laughs> if you don't have money, then your life gets controlled it's, by other people. Yeah, your yeah. freedom gets controlled by other people. And not necessarily like, um, I know that if I ever needed anything, I could just go to my parents and they're very chill and yeah. reliable. And I'm, and I am very blessed and grateful for that. Cause I know not a lot of people have that. Um, but, but what got me through the tough times is having multiple streams of revenue. Don't only get your money mm. through one thing. Now I'm mm. I've started investing. I'm on the, sh on, uh, investing in the share market and things like that. Um, and so, that's one thing I learned to, to always have to, to get through the tough times and finding a job because it's really hard. It's really at the time it was really hard. Um, but yeah, finding ways to make money it, through like ethical the, means, like don't steal stuff. The thing with money is um, there's a couple of things that uh, I'll share with you personally. So I've got um, relatives back in Pakistan, um, right? So that's where my parents are from. Um, and they're not very well off. Like, they're fairly poor. They live in villages, right? So that's how my parents sort of left that country. And, you know, they moved out overseas. And, you know, and, and Alhamdulillah, I was able to 
get out, have an education, you know, be where I'm at today. But a lot of my cousins and my my like my mom's sisters, my dad's brothers, they still live in villages. So I've seen both sides of the spectrum, if you want to put it that way. And they're so poor that it's expensive to be poor, if that makes sense. Like they have diseases. They have, you know, diseases that if you had the education, if you had the money to get the education, you would know better to not eat the wrong kinds of food, for example, or to be more hygienic and all that. And every time and I send them I send them as much as I can to help them out. But it's just whenever I think about it, it's so mind boggling because it's like it's it's expensive to be poor. Like you need to have money to be poor. Mm. So that like you know what I mean to get out of poverty you need money to get out of poverty and if you don't have the money to get out of poverty you become poor and poor and poor unless like you're this genius person who manages to get out of it. And then the other thing that I want to share with you is I don't know if you've heard of this the the happiness theory. So the happiness theory is this thing where um so they did a research um I think it's 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 a very well known um, research where they took a lot of data points. They took a lot of people and they sort of you know um, surveyed them and asked them lots of different questions. And the conclusion they came to was, money will make you happy up until a certain limit. Mm. And it's a very linear graph up until about a hundred thousand U.S. dollars. Mm. So as you earn up to a hundred thousand U.S. dollars, you become you become happier. But once you've hit that hundred thousand per person, it plateaus off. So you don't become any more happier. Yeah. Just because you're making more money. Um, yeah. Because well, what are you gonna buy more? You've got everything. on that you have a roof, you have food, you have all the basic necessities, and you've got a fairly decent lifestyle. The more you can buy is better quality of that stuff. Right now, I can go buy. And, a but Gucci but that's bag. why <laughs> that's why like giving. That's why giving in our faith is such a big thing. Giving charity, exactly. giving your money away, uh, a percentage is a huge thing. So yeah, you should, um, un- you know, like, like the thing about ma- money and happiness. You're absolutely right with the happiness theory. I've heard it before that you know you, money does bring you happiness up until a certain point because it gives you um, your needs are met. Right? You have shelter, you have food, you can provide for the people you love, you can give them gifts, all of that stuff. But um, up until a certain point. But that's yeah. why it's really important when you do have money that you are able to whatever's left over that you can also give to charity as well. It's a huge big importance uh to do that great importance 100%. to do that you know what you said about poverty um and being poor i think that when, when you think about people who are struggling financially uh a lot of uh they work really hard as well mm. you know they work very very hard i i, I don't work that hard you know and i think that yeah <laughs> i mean like <laughs> like Compared i really those i don't guys, think right? i do I'm sure you work hard I work smart. I work smart, but I don't work hard. Yeah, I don't work hard. I'm not killing. I'm not killing myself. Taught how to work smart, right? Sorry. Um, it's because you've been taught how to work smart. That's right. I've learned that skill because I don't kill myself. I'm not at the end of every day. I'm not dead. I'm not like it's what nine twenty six. You know, I was up really (laughs) early this morning. You know, I did my boxing today. Uh, You know, I did a lot of stuff today, and here I am. I've got energy, and I'm here with intention and purpose. And I think that it's very important that whatever job you're doing, uh, that you work smart and not hard. 
right? Because even working yeah. smart has an element of working hard in it because you're using your brain. But um, but I think that it's very important to have that to have that distinction. That when you're when yeah. people um like uh, for example um you might be a laborer for example right yeah um oh you're gone okay I'll talk to you guys you might be a laborer for <laughs> example uh and you're doing a job a certain job but if you're not thinking smart about what is the easiest way I can do this then you're going to be working too hard and not smart do you know what I mean yeah. so whenever I I do a, a task I think wait a minute. Am I doing this in the most efficient way possible? And and that's not just uh, with work. I use that sort of um, pause and reflect technique with relationships, friendships, my family, and that sort of thing. It's a, I take a step back and I say, is everything that's going on here the best way and the best manner to do to do that in? So I think it's very important to work work smart, not hard. Mm. Yeah, it's easier to do. Yeah, yeah. I've got a few, oh, there's a lot of questions. And a few questions for you that have come up. Um, I'll read the comments out real quick. So Amar Hamid is saying it's expensive to be poor. That's the system we've created, the system we live in. There is a war on poverty and it's making the poor poorer and the rich richer. And here Islam is the answer, which I 100% agree with. Um, if only people knew better. And then we've got another comment by him as well. It's the call as a wealth distribution systematically. We've, we have to fight systems that keep creating these conditions, right? So... Again, 100% agree. We've had a few questions that have come at you, Babina. The first one by Tamisan is, how did you deal with bad experiences in jobs? Um, jobs? (laughs) Yeah, no, I cried. I definitely cried. There were definitely times where I freaking cried. You don't don't seem like the person that would cry, though. Oh, I am. I I believe in crying. I I think crying is the coolest. Only the cool kids cry. Uh, No, I did cry. Like, I cried a lot. I got hurt a lot. Um, and I felt like a failure a lot. So there were a lot of bad times. There were a lot of times where I thought I was really stupid. Um, or I thought that I couldn't be hired. I wasn't likable. I couldn't, I just didn't fit in a work atmosphere, like a nine to five job. Um, what got me through it was, um, hmm. I think I just had a lot of, um, I did have, even though I had low, like I went through bouts of low confidence. I did have a belief in myself. I did have a lot of confidence in myself. I think deep down I knew I had a lot of potential and I was upset that that a lot of people or the jobs that I had, I was mismanaged and underappreciated. And like it comes back down to this high standard, right? I have a high standard of how I want people to treat me. And so because I come from a privileged background. And so when someone doesn't treat me to the standard that I'm happy with, I get I get upset, I get annoyed. I don't just um what do you call it? I don't just accept it, you know what I mean? Sure. So it does it did bother me. And so um how I dealt with it was like I just tried, I kept trying. Um I still I'm still going through that. I'm still going through bad experiences, you know, right now that I you know, I want to jump out of this job, for example. I want to jump into something else um and things like that. So, you know, and I I do feel like there are bad times and stuff like that. So um, how do I deal with it? Um, I think it's just uh, remembering the potential I have, and knowing that in order to, in order to actually get somewhere, I have to do something. So I need to do the work. You know, yeah. if you want a job, you need to do the work in writing the resumes, writing the cover letters. Um, you need exactly. to do the work in asking people for help. You need to ask people and tell people you need help. Like, when, in my younger years, I was so embarrassed to do that. I was like, oh, how can I just say to someone, oh, I'm looking for a job? I felt embarrassed to do yeah. that. But you have to do that. That's how, that's how people find out that you need a job. Like, do you know what I mean? 
we need to have like a course in schools and universities that teaches you just how to ask for help like i feel like that's something we're never taught and where it's kind of like taboo in our cultures to ask like ask for help but you never raise your hand you kind of just shut up and deal with it sort of internally yeah and i think that needs to change um second question for you from sarah abdeen is how do you overcome imposter syndrome in new roles um you know there's that um scene in mean girls where she's distracted by how good looking the guy is in front of her um and then when she really tries to think about what the lesson she's being taught it was about limits right um, and I don't know if anyone knows what limits are, but like you, in, a, in an axis, there's uh, this, uh, I think it's a curve where, um, I don't know how to do it, but if you've seen Mean Girls, you know the reference. And basically the answer to that, to, to the question she was thinking, and she was trying to distract, like get away from looking at the boy and thinking about what was on the, on the chalkboard. And it was, the answer was, there is no limits, right? Um, and what that, what that sort of meant is, Okay, I'm jumping around. I'm going to say a whole bunch of things, but I'm going to tie it back. Uh, this concept of self-actualization, can you actually reach it, right? And and from what I found is that there is no limit in the sense that you can never actually self-actualize. You can never actually get be perfect uh, no matter how hard you try. And so there is no limit. Like the limit is never zero. It just, it just constantly goes half and half and half and half and half. Um, and so when it comes to imposter syndrome, you can never overcome it. I've talked to many people, yeah. even people who are the most successful, even people who, like, I, I was talking to this guy who started his own business, mashallah, and he, I was so proud of him. And I said to him, how did you come over the, in, in, you know, the imposter syndrome? And he goes, oh, I still face it. And I'm like, oh, snap. Like, even when you're that successful, you're still going to have imposter syndrome. And I think that, like, um... You, you, the imposter syndrome is never something that goes away. There's always this doubt that you have, but what you can do is manage it and, and try to, um, co when you're constantly struggling to uh, overcome it, that's where the beauty is, okay, in the struggle. Yeah. So so with the imposter syndrome, you just got to constantly uh, identify and be aware of it and then constantly struggle to, to like, um, constantly struggle to deal with it. And I think that's how you get over the imposter syndrome, yes. in the struggle of trying to get over it. Have you read the book? Um, it's called um, The Subtle Art the subtle art of oh, not, not giving an f yeah 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 basically that's what he goes at right it's like it's it's not the end game that you're after it's what gets you there and that's the, the struggle is where all the beauty lies um okay cool uh, i have another question but i need you to answer this real quick and then we'll go and we'll talk about your friendship theory which i'm really keen to hear about it hey, it's Rina. people yeah people who are deciding to get off the the call or the the, the recording stick around and I'm, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy this theory there's people who love it there's people who don't like it at all so we'll hear from, from Mubina about that in a sec but the question that Rima has for you is how have you become comfortable with career uncertainty um I'm not comfortable and I think that it's very important to never be comfortable um mm. like I have no career I can say that to you right now I've achieved a lot but I have no career I don't want to have a career in uh, business trade and investment. Doesn't mean much to me. I love meeting mm -hmm. people. I love 
working with my clients and they and they shout me free lunches like pff, love that <laughs> you're all about the lunches eh? <laughs> that's it man that's the way to get me like yeah but um but i have no career and so when i um i want to jump out of this job and jump into some other uh maybe executive job or whatever um so there's always uncertainty for me like you know i look at uh, a lot of my clients you know he studied physiology and now he's a physiologist um, you know, he does physiology, whatever he does, and now he wants to expand his business to the Middle East. Uh, I don't have that kind of linear progression. I'm just all over the shop, trying to find, right. trying to find what I really love. And yeah, I'm 32, and I guess I should probably, maybe. But everyone has their own journey, right? Um, yeah. And I've done some crazy, awesome stuff. So I, I have no career, and it's very uncertain. Um, but I know that if I really apply myself, and I, you know. Um, just go for it that I'll be fine you know I have that I have that confidence that I'll be fine and it's having that tawakkul that strength um that belief in God that you know if you truly believe in God you should have no fear and no grief um and yeah. so when I think about my life whilst I feel like I'm not living like to my potential I don't actually have fear or grief because I do actually believe and trust that whatever God has planned for me it's going to be awesome so and man, my life has been amazing. Like it really has. So I'm chilling. Like it's uncertain. I have no career. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> well, you clearly take it fairly easy. So I think that's a great um, way to look at it. I'm I'm kind of like that. I'm like you know we'll just go at it day by day, and yeah. uh, we'll see where 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 life takes us. Okay, cool. It's nine thirty six. Um, we'll talk about your theory. We won't go into too much detail. We'll talk a little bit and just the high level stuff. And then we'll end the the recording with um, just your you know some advice that you can give me some you know some pieces of advice. It's, a, it's slightly different to my regular sort of uh, episodes that I record, but I nevertheless enjoyed it and I loved people interacting. So I think this might be the next thing that I might do with all my guests. Sure. So you have a theory called the friendship theory. Mm. Now before you explain that to me and to everyone here who hasn't heard of it, where do you? What, where do you put me on that scale? You're not, um, what's my name? Your name is Mubina Ahmed. How do you spell it? It's M-O-B-I-N-A-H and it's A-H-M-A-D. Okay, good. So if you, and your name is Ali Memon, and I know your full name, the other name. <laughs> how many names do I have is a question. You have three names. Do you want me to say it? Well, no, two, no, we'll no it's all right. Two names, but then obviously the... Yeah. All right. Carry on. <laughs> um, okay. So the so for you and me, like, um, we know each other's names. Um, we have had more than a twenty minute con one one on one conversation. We but, have. But we know. Yes. But that wasn't social. That was work. So it, so we're on level. Well, well one right it was now. a bit of both, wasn't it? Because it was more prep. So we're kind of getting to know each other a little bit as well. Yeah, we did talk and about we personal stuff. You know what? Yeah, we you did. know, I think we're on level two. Like, we can definitely. Huh? Like, <laughs> we definitely, I think the whole purpose of the theory is to sort of see where, where you sort of connect, if you can connect with the other person. So level one is sort of like knowing the person's name. And then level two is knowing that you can actually talk to the person, like have an actual conversation. And, and there's always a reason as to why why I started each level. So the first level is yeah. because a lot of people said they know me, they're my friend, but don't know my name. Um, or they think that my name is just Moby. And then there are other people who say they were friends and stuff like that. But we'd see each other around, but they I couldn't have a well, actual conversation. I've never had an right. actual conversation with them. So for me, it's really important to have be able to have a conversation with someone. And not just in a work setting. Not just in a like... Um, 
you know, like where there's an actual purpose, but in a social setting. So there's a difference. Um, right. Yeah, so that's level two. So we're level two, and I think we'll be level three eventually, inshallah. As we maybe and it's, we'll see. it's got it's six levels, right? There are six levels. Yeah. So 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 I'm 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 getting there. It's not yeah. Bad. And so, question is, how did why did you feel the need to have to come up with a friendship theory? Um, I think a lot of drama that happens in friendship is because you don't know where you stand with someone. A drama in any relationship, really. Um, and when you don't know where you stand with someone, you don't know what expectations that you guys will have. Like, people have different expectations. And the best example I can give you is, um, say that, say for example, you know, you're getting married, right? How long have you been married for? Oh, you don't know the answer, do you? <laughs> I'm like going to turn you down seven to years? <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, close. Uh, eight. Eight-ish. Uh, yeah, see, I have a good memory. <laughs> so say for, let's go back in time eight years ago. Let's say we, yeah. we knew each other. And you didn't invite me to your wedding, right? Right. And I would have said to, you, to one of our mutual friends, oh, he didn't invite me to his wedding. I thought we were friends. And then that mutual friend will go to you and say, oh, why didn't you invite Mabina, who's the most amazing friend in the world? Like, why didn't you invite her to your wedding? And then you say, oh, I'm not friends with her. She's just an acquaintance. Right? So that scenario happens a yeah. lot. When you have a wedding, right, especially if it's a 100-person wedding, you have to cut a lot yeah. of people out. So you have to figure out, am I friends with this person? And if you invite one or person not, in yeah. a friendship group, do you have to invite the whole friendship group? And that's when you really know, uh, like, where the, that causes a lot of drama as to in friendships. Like people will be like, "Oh my god, I thought we were friends, but you didn't invite me to your wedding," mm. you know, um, and and things like that. Or if there's a funeral, um, some people don't show up, and some people get really upset. Like I know this one girl; her father passed away, and she was so upset that someone didn't take the time off work to come for the funeral because mm. she yeah. thought that they were that close. And so my theory sort of uh, was born out of. You know, making sure that there's no misunderstanding where you stand with someone. And it's not to say, like, um, we're stuck in one level. We can we can get higher, for example, even though that's not the objective. If you're happy where we are, that's cool. We don't have to become closer, right? Yeah. But, but if both people want to become closer, there has to be an understanding of what is required and expectations um, about communication, effort, and things mm. like that. You know, I know, like, there's a whole bunch of different um, variables in play, um, but I believe that friendship is based on effort and connection and figuring out what people's love languages are, what their expectations are with their friends is really important in order to have a healthy friendship where you yeah. know where you stand with someone. It's it's like you know these things subconsciously, like you have these triggers, you kind of know, but it's it's a different thing when you put it into a theory and there's actual like pointers to work with. And, um, and so how do we, where do we find this? Like if I wanted to learn more about it i wanted to kind of dig into a bit deeper how do i where do i get more information about it um so i'm a friendship consultant um so like i'm developing my friendship theory into a business uh and i do advise people on friendship matters and things like that um it's 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 so with my theory like it went viral through a podcast so you could probably find that mm. podcast but i'm developing the social media platform so you probably can't find it yet but um, on Instagram, I've created an account called Friendship Theory. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow <laughs> it, but like, there's nothing there. So I'm trying to develop it before I let people before I make a public. So, yeah, yeah. But it's in just, development. Yeah, just if if, yeah. if sorry, I was just gonna say, if people are interested, just search 
um, the friendship theory, like it pops up on Google. Yeah, if you That's go to my Instagram on my link tree, all my uh, podcasts, podcasts on my friendship theory are there. But if you Google Moby's friendship theory, there'll be heaps of news articles. It went viral yeah. worldwide. Yeah, You're like everyone. Yeah, that's yeah. that's amazing. But uh, but I am like um, re, mm-hmm. I am reformatting it because it got a lot, a lot, a lot of hate, a lot of hate. So uh, I've heard some of the the, the the fights you've had with people on different podcasts about the theory. <laughs> Yeah, nice like fights, not it. actual fights, yeah, yeah, yeah. not it's fist friendly, fights. Friendly, friendly banter. Friendly, friendly fire, but like um, yeah. but yeah, like I, I'm, I'm sort of reworking it to sort of dispel some common misconceptions people have about the theory where I'm dictating it or people are stuck in levels or categorized uh, and stuff like that. So I'm reworking it and I'm really excited about what's what's to come. So stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. That's it. Um, question on the theory before we head off and call it a. I guess, well, before the last section is from Amber Rocha. What if two people in a friendship have different perceptions of what level they're at? How do you resolve that? Um, so one of the biggest things in order to have healthy friendships and relationships in general is communication and confrontation. Mm. If yeah. you, you need to be able to have uh, discussions with people. If someone upsets you, you need to be able to say, hey, I was upset by this. Can we talk about it? Um, that's really important. And I think in my 20s, whenever I did that, people will say, oh, it's not a big deal. Those are the people you should run from. If you're trying to open up to someone and say, this is how I feel, I feel unhappy, and they're telling you to get over it, they don't really care about you. So um, in order to have... Um, uh, look, and, and, and there are different ways to introduce it. You don't, Sometimes it's a bit awkward. But one thing that people have told me that they've done is they've been like, oh, my God, like, have you heard of this friendship theory? It's so weird. Like, check it out. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, just for fun, where do, you, where do you think we stand? And then that starts a conversation on your friendship. So people right. have used my theory as a trigger to have this conversation with their friends in a lighthearted way. You should have, like... Um I like a little game, like cards or something that it's you know, in the it's it's coming, buy. yeah. There's a book, a it's TED coming. talk, Perfect. everything's okay. coming. Whoa, whoa, whole thing, whole, whole, the works. Perfect. Um, even a shirt, you know, which says the friendship theory, and at the back, <laughs> you have like the, the the between friends, what stage you're at. We've got a another question by Perry Hellion, but in this day and age, no one. Oh, actually, it's not a question. It's more of a comment. But in this day and age, no one actually talks to each other. We're all surface level friends. I, I, I don't believe that. I think that's a negative mindset. You're making an assumption on what everyone does based on the people you surround yourself with. There are good people out there. There are people that will talk to you, that will make the effort for you. If you ditch the people that won't or who just talk to you on socials and find people who actually want meaningful relationships yeah. and friendships. So, yes, there there are there is this idea of, Oh, we're friends on social media and that's enough. But for me, I tell my friends very upfront, that is not enough for me. I need your time. I need your attention. And I need to see you. And I want to do activities with you. And and I want it to be regular. And, and I communicate that. And some people don't like that. They're like, whoa, you're too demanding. You want too much. <laughs> but there are some people that are like, yes, I'm going to show up because I want this. Yeah. And you just got to find your tribe. It's, yeah, you just, exactly, you got to find, it's the same thing with like, well, it's, it's how social media works, right? You, you, you make friends who actually are behind you and you know, support you and then there's people who don't. Um, and so if you aren't following Mubina, you should definitely follow her on Instagram. She posts some phenomenal stuff. Like oh, I thanks, see her, man. I see the posts every day, and they're and they're not just your random. Oh, here I've had a coffee, or here look at this picture of a tree. Look how pretty I house. am. It's, it's, <laughs> There's it's, that too. They've, they've 
always got some kind of um, you know like meat behind it and there's always something to think about and so how can uh, how do people follow you Mabina what's your handle uh, moby.aham dot ahm follow me Perfect. it's very entertaining follow her follow her um, okay last question mm-hmm. or actually last section is um, what advice can you give me in in relation to any advice if you had to give me anything any advice what would you give me hey we rehearsed this come on <laughs> there is yeah I'm, I'm i'm doing the dramatic pause ali oh my god let me have my pause i'm just kidding i'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um the life advice i would give give you is you have so much access to everything that you need right people you have access to people Back in the day before social media, if you wanted to talk to a celebrity or if you want to talk to someone, a speaker, a conference speaker, whatever, it would be a bit difficult. You'd have to email them and hopefully they respond to you, whatever. But now it's so easy to find mentors and life coaches and people who are doing something similar. Like one thing I found in my 20s, I was like, who is doing something similar to me with this in the digital space? Where I found yeah. one guy and he was in Dubai. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it was really hard. But now it's so easy to find people who are exactly like you can find a Muslim female person of color lawyer. Boom, follow her because if that's what if that's what you're working through, you can find an Arab that like you can literally find people like who you want representation of. So find them. Like if your friends are all your age in your age group, there's a mistake there. You need to be friends with people who are older than you and younger than you, and that that will just open up your mind to all sorts of different experiences and advice, and and it it saves you so much time. So it's not good enough to say, oh, I don't know what what to do or what I'm doing. No, there's so much representation and ease and access out there. You just need to find it. I'm also a mentor. I've got a mentorship program. So feel free to contact me if you're looking for a mentor. Cool. Awesome. That was amazing. Jazakallah uh, care for your time, Mubina. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I think this was a great, um, I think, pe- I, I hope people enjoyed this format as well. Um, slightly different to what I what we do usually. In, and, I, and I've asked for more, if anyone has, has any last questions, but it looks like everybody's fairly um, happy. With, Send me uh, some love hearts, share. everyone. I want love hearts. I want to see love hearts from everyone. <laughs> there, actually, people have been sending those as uh, we've been speaking. So, um, and we've just got a comment by Rima. This was a brilliant conversation. Thank you for uh, joining us, Rima, and appreciate you hanging around till the end. Um, yeah, so I'll obviously have this up as an episode as well. So if you weren't able to catch the whole, um, what, one hour. Feel free to um, listen in on the, the the podcast, and inshallah, this will be posted on the the page as well. And you know, it's it's your support that keeps me going. Um, so, looking forward to maybe a few of you in the audience to be the next guests. You know, look look out for uh, Sister Jahida's episode coming very soon. Sister Rima's episode coming very soon as well. So, those are on the on the brew. But yeah, any suggestions, anything, feel free to contact me. I'm fairly easy to get a hold of, and uh, yeah. And Ali, I just wanted to say, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Thank you so much. I'm so oh. proud of you for doing this whole corporate majlis um, Muslim <laughs> podcast. Like, I, honestly, it's, you know, I, I don't think sometimes you don't realize the amazing work that you're doing. And, and you are. You're oh, doing no, something really awesome. 
you know, I love I love what you're doing. I, lo I love the people you've you've it's chosen, the format you're doing. So like, I'm really proud of you. Thank you, and I'm really grateful to be I involved. I that. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's 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 a lot of it's. 100% work in progress like I'm learning so much as I go through this I had no idea how to do a podcast and I've learned so much about podcasting about interviewing I've been trying to take people's advice back but it's been because people are listening in and they're following and that's kind of keeping me going and people like yourself giving me your time to actually interview you imagine if I didn't have anyone to interview like I can have this concept and not have anybody that I yeah but you're the one that interview. thought about it and you executed it and yeah. that in itself is, at, is a me, big deal as long as people are getting value out of it it's a big deal no they are I yeah. am so yeah perfect and for me personally I'm, I, I get to if nothing I get to speak to people like you and learn so much I learned about the friendship theory. I'm going to tag everybody that I know with the, with the score. When it when it uh, when it starts coming out, yeah, sure. when it comes out. But no, Jazakallah Thanks for your time and thank you everybody um, who's who stuck around. And inshallah, we will see you very soon in the next recording. Hopefully. Sounds good. Of course. Awesome. Awesome. Thank awesome. you. Take care. Assalamualaikum. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. You can follow along on Facebook and Instagram at Corporate Mudges Podcast. And also join the email newsletter at corporatemudges.com. My name is Ali Memon. Till next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.